and and don't don't forget they're running ads now. They're going to run ads. They're going to make money off those ads. Look at what Netflix is able to do with the ad tier. And we've got an election year coming up here in um in the U.S., sure. which means record number of ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pragmatic Investor. My guest today is Gary from Daily Stock Picks. He is a fellow YouTuber, podcaster, and also an author on Substack. I recently ran into Gary's work. He does a daily podcast on YouTube. And I thought it'd be really interesting to bring him on today to talk about his general investing style and how he does technical analysis, how he thinks about fundamentals, and also some of the tools that he uses, which he goes over in great detail during his podcast. Today, we got the chance to talk about different investing styles, how to combine technical and fundamental analysis, how investors should think generally about managing their portfolio, different tools that Gary uses, and also in terms of technical analysis, what his favorite indicators are. We covered a lot in this podcast. Uh, Gary actually gave us some great particular names and ideas, which he's discussed in his podcast before. So if you haven't already, please go ahead and check out Gary. He does a daily podcast on YouTube, daily stock picks, and of course, he's also on Substack. His links will be down below. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe and check out The Pragmatic Investor also on YouTube and your typical podcasting platforms. And of course, on Substack, where I do a lot more. As always, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. All right, welcome back, everybody. My guest today is Gary Vaughan from Daily Stock Picks. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Gary. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because you've got an accent and I've got like a Jersey Soprano style accent. So it should be fun for the listeners to listen to the two. <laughs> there you go. The, the best of both of those. All right, Gary, for anyone who's not familiar with your work, tell us a little bit about your background and you know how you got started in stocks and what you're doing right now. So I'm... Uh, Right now, I'm 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 53. I retired when I was 49, kind of unknowingly following the fire. Financial independence, retire mm-hmm. early, and um, starting back in I guess 2020, I noticed that there was um, a hole in the the podcasting world of people weren't talking about stocks on podcasting, and so um, and specifically they weren't talking about trading stocks on podcasting. So I decided to start it out just Spotify for podcasters. Um, I retired in January of 2020. And folks who remember, that was the month before the pandemic. So it was at the end of the month I retired. Um, Over the next month, I saw 40% of my total portfolio just die. And so being that I had amassed the, the kind of, you know, through my working career, I had amassed capital to retire. Um, myself and my trading buddy, Steve, we decided, hey, we're, we we don't want to lose 40% ever again. We want to, there's got to be a better way of managing our portfolio. So we started doing some research. We weren't very technical traders back then. We were very mm-hmm. fundamental using charts, but not necessarily the technicals in the charts. And so we started researching and started looking at it and we stumbled upon the MACD. And and it was this magical, like kind of, you know, hey, oh my God, there's this indicator out there that will tell you when to get in and when to get out. Um, and, and we used the MACD, I think, for a couple of months to try and trade. Very successful. But, you know, you back then in April and May, you could have shot, you know, hey, what, what stock do you want? And boom, you were making 20% in a day. So it wasn't, you know, looking back on it, we were kind of just, wow, um, you know, this is great. But then we we refined it. We found a program called TrendSpider, and TrendSpider allowed us to backtest strategies. And so we worked with um, we had a contact at Fidelity, who was the the senior vice president of trading. Both of us were high net worth individuals at Fidelity, so they allowed us to work with pretty high level folks um, developing strategies and trying to develop this. And we developed an al- algorithm in TrendSpider. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a four hour algorithm. So it gives you two candles per day. It's a little bit faster than the daily, uh, re- as far as reactions go, but it's based on the MACD. Um, it uses mm-hmm. some moving averages and things like that. But what happened in the summer of, uh, 2020 was I decided, you know, Hey, we did all this work. We, we understand now we've got a, a, a algorithm. Let's try and see if other people want to do it. Uh, Steve wound up going back to work for Tesla. 
um, ironically, which was the best investment he's ever made to try and get that stock as an employee. Um, And so he went back to work there. I wound up just starting the podcast and doing it since Steve's not as much of a talker as I am, but Mm -hmm. I started talking in. People kind of hung in there and, and they were like, oh my God, let me see. And so for the next couple of years, it was pretty much just podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and things. And then um, 2022 came around and we started to go down. And I think a lot of people started to tune in because I wound up doing YouTube live. And so I would show the charts live on YouTube. I recorded video. It was a whole pro- process of trying to get the Trendspider, uh, logo, uh, Trendspider charts on screen. And so 2022, obviously, we had a down year. Uh, and the whole goal of the podcast, there's like four or five rules of the podcast. Um mm-hmm. But the whole role of the podcast is to try and teach people how to how how to manage a portfolio and how to trade, how to value a stock, how to look at a stock. Um, and so I'm less likely to tell people, get in at this price, um, get out at this price. I'm more likely to tell people, hey, here's a good stock. The MACD says it's crossed up. We're below the 200-day. Um, it's got solid fundamentals. It was beaten down. And, and, you know, one of the things I always say is any reaction in the market is an overreaction. Mm-hmm. So let's get in there. So people started to pick up on that. And then in June of last year, I started a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found the power of the newsletter to be probably the greatest launching of, of a platform uh, if you're interested in stocks. Um, people have just kind of lobbed in and, and I started charging just a little bit of of an amount and I don't charge as much as most people. I think it's like 120 bucks a year now, but I've, as I've started to build up that archive of educational tools, um, Mm -hmm. and charting and, and fundamentals and, and how to actually, you know, look at the stock and look at my performance, um, more people have signed on, more people have signed up. I think last year I made, I think the S&P made something like 26%, if I'm right. I think I made 38, 39%. Um, I think I made 45% in one of my retirement accounts. So the the goal of the podcast is to teach people, hey, maybe you don't have the skills to be a stock trader. You can develop them. But until you develop them, it's VOO and chill. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just grab the the fundamentals, and you're you know you're you're a very fundamental kind of investor for I know from your newsletter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's no different than what you teach. Hey, there's basics that you can go over. Um, you know, the first rule of the podcast is don't listen to a douche on the internet, and I am that douche. <laughs> you should not listen to me when I tell you to get into a stock. You should understand and give yourself reasons why to uh, get in. The second thing, the second rule of the podcast is if you lose sleep over a trade, get the mm-hmm. F out. A yeah. perfect example of that was last week. Um, mm-hmm. I bought SQQQ, uh, the triple leverage short on the, the NASDAQ, mm-hmm. because all of the fundamentals said we're going to you know, go down. It was the first week of the year. Um, you know, Most people, the tax loss harvesting had already right. taken place. People had 40, 50, 200% gains in NVIDIA. Um, you know, Tesla was way up. So it mm-hmm. kind of made sense. Let's buy SQQQ. The algorithm said, hey, buy SQQQ. I got in and I wrote a newsletter article about how I was a coward on, on I think it was Wednesday afternoon. I got out at $14.60. I think it went up uh, the rest of the day to like $14.80, almost $15 per share. And I said, hey, I got out. I got nervous. Um, mm-hmm. This market, my long-term outlook, just full disclosure, I'm bull. I'm a huge bull. Um, I, I think we continue to go up from here. And so I didn't want to hold. I knew on on I wasn't going to hold a triple levered ETF on the short side over the weekend. And I didn't want to wait until Friday. So I think I got out Wednesday afternoon. Thursday, we were kind of eh. And then Friday, we were eh. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't up much. Mm-hmm. And then today, SQQ, I think it's trading at like $13 or even below right. $13. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, 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 the rule of, Hey, if it makes you uncomfortable, just make sure you get out. Um, mm-hmm. try not to tell people, don't look at the upside. I mean, I, I think a fundamental of most people, to be honest, James, is they look at, Oh my God, I could have made so much more money if I would have just held. Right. Um, 
I, I try not to look at, you know, if I get out, there's reasons why I get out. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do is I journal all of my trades on SavvyTrader.com. Mm -hmm. um, and so Savvy Traders allowed me to write down exactly what I'm thinking, exactly where I'm going. And if I make a mistake, hopefully mm -hmm. I can learn from the way I learn is writing things down. And I tell people, if, if you're just learning, journal your trades, um, make sure that you're paper trading and stuff. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that gives you a good enough background. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to give a quick recap then, 2020, then you retire, obviously COVID crash, then you begin developing the algorithm rights, which you um, which you have on um, TrendSpider. TrendSpider, yeah. And then around the summer is when you kind of begin in your journey of content creation, so to speak, right? Yeah, the goal of the content was really, I, I saw people like Meet Kevin and mm -hmm. uh, Ricky Gutierrez on YouTube, they're huge YouTubers. And and yeah. I saw these guys leading people down a path that didn't make me feel comfortable. Mm. And, um, you know, you shouldn't follow people just to follow people into a trade. And I see a lot of these texting services where they'll text you signals. Right. And there's a, um, there's a YouTuber, Kelly OG, I think is her name. And she's got this, she's got a quote unquote team of professionals. Well, one of the dudes is a sports better and she charges you like a thousand dollars a month for these signals. And she flexes all of the cars and things. And Ricky does this as well. And they're, they're selling a lifestyle, not necessarily a mm -hmm. fundamental. I, I think the, the term is um, give a person a fish, you feed them for a day, but teach them to fish and, and you feed them for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my thing when I started this was I've got enough money to live my life. I will never flex anything. Mm -hmm. um, you barely see anything about my personal life. Um, I try not to flex. Um, you know, when I tell you that I go into a trade, I'll tell you that it's $20,000 that I went into this trade like Amazon, I think in um, back in September or might have been August around their um, around their earnings at that time. I said, it just makes logical sense for me to put $20,000 into Amazon an hour before they announce earnings, just because I believe in those earnings. Well, people, I think I got you know a few hundred listeners just based on me posting that on Twitter at one point. Uh, that wasn't the, the kind of lesson that I wanted to teach people. So I try mm -hmm. not to make those kinds of things, but in 2020, I definitely got into the content creation to try and help people more than... Mm -hmm. I think others, you know, the, the second rule of the podcast is um, don't listen to Jim Cramer. <laughs> um, and it's not that Jim Cramer doesn't know what he's talking about. He is a super intelligent man. Um, he is, he tells people that he tries to educate them, but he's got a freaking texting service. Mm -hmm. That's all he has where he texts you for $700 a year. He will text you when he gets in and out of stocks um, mm -hmm. in his portfolio. And I just, I don't believe in that type of, um, you know, I, I, I want, I, I got a letter from a 18 year old kid today, in fact, and he's like, Hey, I made 20% last year because of you. Um, you know, I, I just want to thank you. You know, Weeble is the best. He started telling me that Weeble was the best, um, brokerage firm. I had to educate him that I trade on Weeble because of the app, I love the app on Weeble, but mm -hmm. my, my preferred uh, brokerage firm is is Fidelity, and it's because mm -hmm. a full a full service brokerage firm is far better than Robinhood or Webull. Right. But I love that Webull app, and so mm -hmm. you know, um, it, and it showed me the eighteen year old who is happy with a twenty percent gain over six months. That's the kid, I, you know. He's not searching for a hundred percent within you know trading mm -hmm. zero day uh, day options. So yeah. you're not going to get that from me. Um, you and I kind of agree that the fundamentals are probably driving most of our trades. Mm -hmm. I just kind of integrated the technicals. And I think that algorithm, um, I always say it takes the the emotion out of my trade. If I want to like Apple, I trimmed Apple at about 198. It just has trouble getting over the 200 mark. Apple is 50% of my portfolio. Full disclosure, I have been an Apple bull since 2004. Uh, I simply add, I didn't sell Apple until 2022. I had never sold a share of Apple. I had only added to it. Mm -hmm. um, so I went through quite a bit of big turnarounds up and down 
um, over the years when Apple would go down. But I, I'm a huge, huge Apple fan. Um, I, I just, you know, in my mind, I think those 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 technicals allow me to uh, understand that when I trimmed Apple, mm-hmm. it wasn't because I don't think that it's going higher. Um, it just made me feel more comfortable and take emotion out of that because I do have a problem. Loving a- Apple has allowed me to retire. So. Absolutely. That's a hard thing to get over is when you you make so much money in one stock over 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to get over, hey, I'm going to sell this one. <laughs> Absolutely. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about before, which that kind of emotional aspect of trading, right? That either the fear of a position going the wrong way or you know, even that kind of irrational attachment to a, to a stock, which maybe has, has made you a lot of money. But you know, hey, maybe at some point you should let it go, right? Being rational. Yeah. I love that you called me irrational, <laughs> but it, but it's true. I mean, the the fact is, if you can have a tool uh, like mm-hmm. a tech a chart, you don't have to sign up for TrendSpider. You don't have to have my algorithm. Mm-hmm. Go and understand a chart. Understand that the when the the fifty day crosses under the two hundred day on whatever time frame chart you're looking at, that's a bearish signal, and the mm-hmm. stock could to go down um, when you hit. You know, when a stock had when a stock has hit an all time high, understand most likely it's gonna pull back in a healthy market. It, it can continue to go longer, uh, long you know, higher for the longer term. But you don't want to you know take advantage. You you want to take advantage of those those times when it's running at high to either tax advantaged accounts or even your brokerage account. To make sure that you're you're doing the right thing as far as portfolio management. So making sure you know my my show is it's probably a split between hey we're going to do um, some portfolio management and we're going to do some um uh some uh some trading. So mm-hmm. I do both. Absolutely. And so just to get a little bit of a better picture, then because you talk about using the fundamentals and then the technicals. How do you kind of link those together? Would you maybe like pick a stock based on fundamentals and then adjust based on the technicals? Is that kind of how you see it? A good example is probably SMCI and NVIDIA. So NVIDIA, we all know, has a huge PE. Um, mm-hmm. It has been a super expensive stock. Nobody's wanted to buy it. Even you know Tesla with its PE, nobody wants to buy it. You know, the, the, Well, I should say the old people on, on Wall Street don't want to buy it because of the PE. If you looked at a PE of most stocks um, that have doubled or tripled over the past couple of years, you probably don't want to buy it if you're just judging it by PE. So when you take a look at the technicals of of the actual chart, you can take a look at, okay, when do I get in? Even something as boring as VOO, um, I won't buy it unless Mm -hmm. there's some type of technical reason for me to buy it. I'm not just adding it nilly willy based on fundamentals. Mm -hmm. I'm not that dollar cost average guy who's going to add a hundred dollars of VOO every week um, in order to dollar cost average. I, you know, I tell people um, if you want a thousand dollars in a stock, split it up over 10 weeks or 10 days and just add 10%, but make sure you have a reason on a short term chart that you're, Mm -hmm adding uh, that 10%. If you don't feel comfortable adding at that time, just simply wait and be patient. So Mm -hmm. that's where I mix the technical and the fundamentals. Fundamentals guide my long-term strategy, but I think Mm -hmm. the technicals really guide um, the the short-term strategy. And when I talk short-term, I I have a 40-40-20 portfolio rule where Mm -hmm. 40% of my portfolio, I barely touch. And and it's grown, you know, Apple ha- was always in that and Apple has grown to about 50% of my portfolio. So 50% of my portfolio are barely ever touch. Um, and then 40% of my portfolio, I'll usually adjust every six months or every quarter. I'll look at it every quarter, whether I do something or not really depends on that. And 20% of my portfolio, I can hold for a day. I could hold for five minutes. I could hold for a week. I could hold for three months. Mm-hmm. So I try and split my portfolio into that. And and I before I actually buy something, I identify it as that. A good example is Uber. I wasn't in Uber um, until about, I think, three or four months ago. I was touting it on my podcast every day. Under 40, you should buy it. Under 40, you should buy it. I personally wasn't buying it. 
I started adding it around 34, 35. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when their, uh, when their fundamentals actually started to, uh, make money and they started mm-hmm. to be the, the big company that they are now and it hit 60, I mean, it's 60 bucks. You got to trim it. You, you mm-hmm. just can't, can't look at it and say, I'm not, I'm just going to hold it. So it got to 60, started trimming, but I've been adding ever since it got under, under 60 again. So, mm-hmm. uh, I just took, it was a tax play in, in that year. So right. I try and, you know, the taxes, um, fundamentals and technicals, they all kind of should mm-hmm. fit. And so that's why I try and teach people. Everybody's tax situation is different. So I can't, my tax situation doesn't apply to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, fundamentals and technicals does apply to folks. So I try and tell people, understand your tax situation, but also understand the fundamentals and technicals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense, kind of putting it all together and kind of having a little bit allocated to this and that. And most of all, just always kind of understanding what your strategy is behind everything, right? Oh, this money is, you know, doing this and this money is going to do that. But I want to ask you a little bit more about, uh, you mentioned that tool, Transpired, and you build a algorithm on that. Um, I'm sure a lot of the people listening are a bit curious, oh, what, what is this? So what exactly is Transpired? What what can you do with it? And uh, how do you use it in your in your, in your your trading? So I am a dummy at Transpider. Um, it, it's a charting program. At its base and core, it's a charting program. And they have back-testing strategies. And so the algorithm is just a back-testing strategy doesn't predict future performance. Um, but if you're beating buy and hold on a buy, on uh, the strategy, it makes sense to listen to that strategy. So whatever you develop, Trendspider has some standard strategies that they include. Um, when you sign up with Trendspider through me, I give you my four-hour algorithm, uh, which is proprietary and you don't know until you actually sign up. But the, um, there's a video on my website, on, on my YouTube um, that we can, I'll, I'll send you to where David Yoakum from Trendspider actually develops a strategy. It's a, it's an algorithm. I call them algorithms. They call them strategies. Um, but it tells you when to get in and when to get out. And so you can set up texting alerts on that. Um, Trendspider is just, it's one of the most, when we were trying to find a tool, um, we looked at trading view. It's very similar to trading view in that it's a charting program where you can develop these kind of strategies based on indicators and stuff like that. And Steve and I basically, we emailed trading view and, and they didn't at answer the questions for us. Trendspider sat down and helped us understand what we were doing. Like we asked about, um, hiking ashy candles. Um, we were getting like 4,000% return versus a 10% return on the actual stock. And we said, how is that possible? And Jason from Trendspider actually emailed us back and said, it's the hike and actually candle and the way it's calculated. Mm-hmm. That was to me, the amount of customer service that they provided to an individual who was willing to pay for their charting program, uh, the customer service part I needed. And so I feel comfortable telling people, hey, sign up for Trendspider because whatever question you have, they'll be able to answer uh, and they'll be able to guide you. But it's such a robust platform and I it has unusual options. It has earnings um, uh, estimates. It has news. It has insider trades. Um, they have proprietary, uh, uh, proprietary indicators like Go No Go, um, things that I don't even use. I basically use it as just a standard, hey, here's my four-hour algorithm. That's what I use to trade, um, but it's so much more robust. And mm-hmm. I know from uh, some of the subscribers that have signed up through me, they take my four-hour algorithm and they just do options on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a dummy. I can't trade options. I'm I'm just not in that, that world of, hey, I can trade this stuff. Um, but they've made a lot of money using my algorithm and leveraging it against options. So mm-hmm. it's a good platform. Um, you know, I, the, I think the only two platforms that I really sell as an affiliate, it's Trendspider and Seeking Alpha. And I know you've got a Seeking Alpha um, uh, group and I love Seeking Alpha. I, I just mm-hmm. became an affiliate of theirs and I tout that premium model. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I'll never go without Trendspider or without, um, you know, seeking alpha. Mm-hmm. And so two, um, if you buy them on sale, you can typically get both for a year for under $500. And 
And if you don't have a portfolio that's big enough, don't use them because you can get this stuff for free somewhere else. It may not be the exact tools that you're looking at, mm -hmm. but you can get free news and free alerts and stuff like that from other tools mm -hmm. like Finviz. Um, but Seeking Alpha saves me time. It gives me that portfolio uh, credit, like the the rating on the portfolio, and their um, that that um, uh, the alpha. But what what is their proprietary algorithm of the quant rating? Quant quant rating, yeah. I love that quant rating, mm -hmm. and and when they rate. Um, there was somebody that asked me a, a stock. I forget what it was. And I, most of the time my audience asked me about stocks and I think they asked me about stocks just to piss me off so I can yell at them on the, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. sometimes. Cause I'm like, why are you, why are you investing in this? This is crazy. What, you know, somebody asked me about, um, uh, a semiconductor that actually mm -hmm. lost money. The stock went down last year and mm -hmm. I don't know which stock it was. And I said, why would you invest in the 32nd out of 32? And I went into mm -hmm. Seeking Alpha. It said in the industry, 32 out of 32. It had no you know, forward momentum whatsoever. The valuation was crazy high. They were losing money. I said, why would you invest in this? Mm -hmm. When look at all these other 32 companies and Seeking Alpha just outlined it perfectly. So as far as beginning an affiliate, those are the two things that I sell. Um, mm -hmm. And I sell my newsletter as well because I, I, I view all of those tools as saving somebody who's uh it, they're not never going to make you money but they'll mm -hmm. save you time and they'll help mm -hmm. you with your decisions and so that's yeah. that's essentially why i sell them absolutely and you know i think i've been writing for seek for a while i kind of was taking for granted all the things and you know going through some of your your videos and you know you kind of go through the different areas and features and i was like oh actually yeah that 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 is a very neat feature that the uh, that the website has I actually the next video I'm going to do, and I told people, is um, a Seeking Alpha how-to video of how I use it. I don't, I haven't been able to find one. I mean, I, I haven't talked to Seeking Alpha about this, but we're all affiliates and we all try and sell it. I'll do a shitty job of of probably putting it forward, but <laughs> I really, really think that tool. That, you know, I in fact, you know, SMCI. I was talking about SMCI before. I think it's got in the quant rating. It's a strong buy. Uh, well, I want to know, and I've charted out, I've got um, SMCI, uh, there's a gap up to 350 And I've been touting that $350 level for the past, I guess, about six months, maybe five months. Um, but the stock is up like 400, 500%. And people have been telling me it's not going to get up there. Well, I know it's going to get up there because there's a gap. I think the gap is up there. Um, I think it's going to hit that at some point in time. So I've bought a bunch of SMCI. But I want to know in the quant when Seeking Alpha actually reduces it to just a buy. So mm -hmm. I set an alert up. And that alert, along with my alerts and TrendSpider on the technical, in my mind, that's a perfect world because I don't have to sit there and stare at a chart every day. And mm -hmm. you know, even at the end of the day, look at a chart. I could literally go and do a job. I could go hiking. I can go on vacation. But I know that Seeking Alpha and TrendSpider are the two tools that will alert me if something in my portfolio is is doing horribly. So, yeah, those mm -hmm. those tools, man. And, and I, I can tell you, I've watched a couple of Seeking Alpha videos from other uh, other affiliates, and like you said, you just learn. Oh my God, there's that tool. It's so deep. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's very complete. And of course, you know, you get all the uh, you get all the comments by um. By the by, the analysts, which you know, some could argue how useful um, a lot of those articles are, but um, I def I definitely enjoy reading them. The the, <laughs> the Saturday rabbit hole I go down is to look at a stock that I like, and then go and look at the analyst. Mm -hmm. And the rabbit hole is go and look at the comments. The comments, the yeah. <laughs> comment section is fantastic because it's not. It's not the comment section like you see on Twitter mm -hmm. where people are like, F you, you're out of bounds, blah, blah, blah. It's solid people like you and I who geek out on stocks, who mm -hmm. try and take a contrarian side, or they try and bolster up what the analyst is saying. And it's mm -hmm. very cordial. I don't think I've seen one fight on there um, mm -hmm. because, listen, I, I, you could be right about a stock, but the fundamentals may tell me that I'm right. But none of us know the future. And that that's why I get pissed about these text signals is mm -hmm. because 
I don't care if you tell me to buy an option that's, you know, five weeks dated out or, you know, that's going to go zero option day today. I don't, you don't know the future just as well as I don't know the future. You look at every indicator you can. And so the, the comment section I really like because, you know, three months from now, I can go back and see which one was right. And then I'll follow that person on C Alpha. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it is mostly cordial. Although I will say that, you know, in my five years writing for Seeking Alpha, I, I have received a, a small percentage of what you might call hate. But, you know, people always see, you're always going to piss off someone, right? If you're not pissing people off, then you're obviously not doing it right. That's well, you've inspired nice. you've inspired me to start writing, so maybe that hate will come over to me because I, I sometimes the the comments are. I, I think one guy two weeks ago was like, "You're as to me, you're just as bad as Jim Cramer," <laughs> but that was the only comment he made, and and I don't know what he was talking about. So <laughs> it is what it is. Absolutely. Now I want to go back a little bit about the fundamentals because you did mention early on in the podcast that you were quite bullish, like you're generally quite bullish about the market. What exactly makes you say that? History. I mean, no. you know, it. The, the reality of it is um, we've had a couple of pullbacks. And I, again, I'm 53. I started investing when I was 15. Um, mm -hmm. I was big in tech. And, and, you know, one of my friends, he always, he was cash um, up until like the last seven years, from 2000 until like the last seven years. And the reason was, the dot bomb of 2000 mm -hmm. and the lost decade where it took you a decade to make your money back. Mm -hmm. um, I, While it's been a bull market, I've been blessed and lucky in the fact that I've been able to uh, maneuver uh, investments. I have had downturns. Like I said, COVID was a 40% downturn. I didn't get out. I didn't sell. Um, my parents who were in their 70s sold everything. Uh, it took them two years to get back to where they were uh, pre-COVID, mm -hmm. um, buying back in. So there's a lot of psychology about being in the market. So mm -hmm. while I'm bullish on the market, what makes me bullish is history. Mm -hmm. and, and it probably points to we should all be buying more Bitcoin. But <laughs> there is no politician in the world that will allow 40% uh, of uh you know the people in the world with their retirement in in some type of market there's not a politician in the world that will take that and actually destroy it so mm -hmm. while i think the the possibility of another 40 percent downturn is out there specifically with like the u.s debt and i'm just so everyone's aware i'm only invested in the u.s market mm -hmm. uh internationally but i only do u.s stocks uh, even china stocks i'm a little bit skeptical of um, mm -hmm. at this point. But I don't think there's a politician in the world who will not bolster up the stock market to get elected. And mm -hmm. so I think that may point to everybody buying crypto so that it's not manipulated. But I think even with the, the downturn and the deficit and, and the political upheaval that we have here in the US, I think everybody's, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi is buying into the market for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think I saw on your newsletter, you had the chart, which was um, Nancy Pelosi is buying and then Jim Cramer says, says sell or something like that. There's, just a, there's a perfect middle there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a Venn diagram or something. Right, so, yeah, yeah I, 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 the hit, and, and maybe if I had lived in a different era of the world, maybe I would be a little bit different, but it, it, it does. I mentioned it earlier, SQQQ, the triple levered short of the NASDAQ, it makes me uncomfortable to short. And I tell people, um, I don't short outright. And GameStop is the exact reason why I never felt comfortable shorting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, thank goodness that Robin Hood collaborated with Citadel <laughs> and uh, shut down that trading. I th Listen, I think they did the right thing. I think they did the wrong thing by actually lying about it, but- mm -hmm. They saved the market in that respect because you could lose your entire fortune on one short if you can't get out of that short. So I, I'd much rather, you know, I wrote a newsletter um, uh, at the last week of 2024 about new rules for 2024, uh, the last week of 2023. And one of them was don't short, but use mm -hmm. these new ETFs that they have. There's even single levered, um, uh, single stock like AAPD 
is the short of Apple. So one of my learnings over the past couple of weeks with Apple pulling back about 10% is when I actually trimmed at 198, 197, when it was trading up there, I probably should have put that into AAPD in the short term to try and just make some money on the downside. Um, you know, leverage your, your big against your small and stuff like that. I tell people don't trade margin. I hate margin. Um, if you don't have enough money to buy it, don't buy it. Uh, but I do think that leveraging your, yourself up and down that way, it makes sense. And that's why I trade those those levered ETFs. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to short anything at this point. You know, the people that understand it, go ahead, have at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not one of those guys. You know, James, I'm a, I'm a dummy. I tell everybody <laughs> I'm a dummy. I'm not that smart. I, I just, you know, hey, I, I've got some type of Rain Man ability. To uh to pick stocks and to 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 lever them against the fundamentals and uh, looking at a chart, I can tell you. Um, usually, I wrote a good a good uh, newsletter this weekend about confirmation mm-hmm. and uh, how people use on the charts different things for confirmation. My personal thing, if it's over a nine day EMA, you're confirmed. You can buy it. You're probably in a bull's trend. Mm-hmm. If it's below that nine day EMA you're probably in a bearish trend um, going down unless you have some type of catalyst to pull you back up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I find myself agreeing with you, obviously, in general, history would suggest markets would go up. And I, I remember writing about this a few weeks ago. It seems like, I guess there's a couple of things going on, especially, you know, as someone who obviously writes and spends a lot of time in the world of content, there is a certain preference for bearish content, right? It seems like, I, th- I think I heard a quote, which was, you know, bears sound smart, but bulls get rich, which I think I think sums it up quite nicely. I think people always like to um, think about, and I think it's, you know, more recently, like you said, you had the dot-com crash, then 2008, then COVID, you know, it feels like people, a lot of the people who have lived through that are just always kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop, right? So a lot of people are in that way kind of overly bearish, I feel like. Well, and the one thing that scares me now that I don't have a lot of information on is that China housing crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, From the experts that I read, um, that China housing crisis is three times the US housing crisis of 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. And we lost, I think I went over it this morning, 40% in that downturn, um, you know, over a year. So it wasn't like it was all of a sudden, it was over a year that this stuff crashed. If the number one economy like China, well, number two economy in the world, China, you could drag down a lot of other economies, including ours. Um, Mm -hmm. They hold a lot of debt of the U.S. So there's some dangers there and there's some reasons to take emotion out of your trading, um, to take emotion out of the management of your portfolio, but to make sure that you're watching the technicals along with the fundamentals because- um, you know, while I'm never going to get a hundred percent out of the market, I'm with you. Um, mm-hmm. you do want to protect yourself. And, you know, like last year, 2022, I think I had the most cash in my account that I had ever had. Um, I think I went to about 40% cash at one point. Um, and it was just, you know, ter- I kept Apple. I-, I sold a little bit of Apple, but I kept Apple. Um, I kept Microsoft. I'm glad I kept those great. I call them grade eight, not the Magnificent Seven, because mm-hmm. I include Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. In my mind, Netflix is included in that that great um, growth story uh, of these stocks. So, but I, I kept all those. But you know, I, I, if somebody's just randomly looking at the fundamentals in my mind, I don't think that I'd have enough time in the day to read everything that I need to know about the fundamentals to protect a portfolio. Absolutely. There is an issue there with, you know, too much information or maybe in the case of China, too little information, right? You know, how much do we actually know that's what's going on over there? But I'm curious, you've mentioned a few different, uh, you mentioned, for example, the MACD that I think you've mentioned, that's kind of an important part of your algorithm. In terms of technical analysis, what would you say are, let's say, the five most important kind of indicators that you you look at? Uh, so MACD is obviously the first one. Uh, I think the second one would be moving averages. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, nine-day EMA, 21-day uh, EMA, and then I move to a 50-day SMA and a 200-day SMA. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason I like EMA on the short term versus an SMA is uh, my learnings indicate that EMAs move faster. And right. so if for short term, I'd rather have it move faster, but mm-hmm. SMAs are much more uh, accurate. And so for the long term, I'd rather be more accurate than than fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so moving averages would probably be number two. Number three in my mind are probably the Bollinger Bands. Um, I think Bollinger Bands with moving averages are a powerful, powerful tool. Because like we talked about confirmation over and under the nine-day EMA. If you mm-hmm. see those Bollinger Bands cinching up um, and, and contracting, and then the nine-day is either over or, or under the the the, SA, the nine-day EMA, SMA, if those candles actually confirm completely on one side, you can kind of tell where that one's going to go. Uh, it, it's never going, you know, well, I shouldn't say never. It's rarely going to go from the downside of the nine day all the way confirming on the upside of the nine day within a Bollinger Band that's small. Mm-hmm. So you can probably you could probably even do that strategy in TrendSpider. Just write that out. They've got this great new AI tool where it takes um, uh, it's powered by OpenAI and you can write in. When a, uh, a when you're above the nine day um, and a Bollinger Band is a certain width, uh, with percentage away from the nine day, you can say, "Hey, buy here." Um, you could probably write that in there. But so MACD, um, Boll- moving averages, and then Bollinger Band. I'd say four is probably RSI mm-hmm. um, because RSI will tell you uh, if buyers need to show up. Doesn't tell you when, and RSI mm-hmm. could sit at a twenty for you know, 10, 15 weeks. But more than likely, if the, the fundamentals and the catalyst story are there, uh, like Pfizer's a good example. Pfizer has lost 50% over the past year. Uh, in my mind, it's a broken company. Uh, I don't particularly like what they did with COVID, with the vaccines. I went over it this morning. Um, but that RSI is super low. And for a trade opportunity, I think you could buy it under 30 and play it to like 33 or 34 just based on the RSI, mm-hmm. you know, buyers needing to show up. Um, and I think a fifth one might be, and it's it may be proprietary to TrendSpider, but it's a gap snake. It's called a gap snake. And it identifies in the chart that you're looking at gaps. Mm-hmm. And I think gaps, probably two things in TrendSpider, and let's make it six kind of indicators. The gap snake, because gap snakes, I think gaps are like magnets. Mm-hmm. But they've also got this tool, volume by price. And so in TrendSpider, I don't know if it exists in other uh, charting tools. It probably does in, in mm-hmm. things like TradingView and stuff. I but you can so. move the line to a mm-hmm. certain date and then tell uh, there's a graph on the right-hand side. Right. And so we, I went over this morning. I forget which stock it was. I think it was Amazon. Uh, Amazon's got a pretty big amount of people who are holding at the 186 level which is the all-time high, uh, which to me, trading at 150 and there's a volume shelf at 180, for long-term, I'm taking $20,000 and putting it in there at 150 and just trying to build that that base up for when it gets to 186. You know, the fundamental story on Amazon, we all know it with AI, 20% of the online gifts that were given over, uh, over the holidays were bought from Amazon. You can't tell me that this isn't a behemoth of a company that's going to continue to make money and all their, they don't have a demand problem. They have a cost problem. So as they reduce costs, they make more money. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're getting sports, you know, and, and don't, don't forget they're running ads. Now they're going to run ads. They're going to make money off those ads. Look at what Netflix is able to do with the ad tier. And we've got an election year coming up here in, um, in the U S sure. which means record number of ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if, if somebody, you know, like Dean Phillips um, is a guy running for president on the Democratic side, who I particularly like, uh, I'm very moderate, by the way, in my political spectrum, but I like him. If that dude can go on Amazon and target on Thursday night football, uh, a Republican who's moderate to vote for him, because, you know, listen, Alexa's listening to you when you talk in your house. Uh, yeah, they know. You're, yeah, they know when you're bitching about Biden. They know when you're bitching about Trump. So you can't tell me that that's not going to be something that they could figure out and and be able to sell to Dean Phillips for mm-hmm. a crazy, crazy cost per million. Um, Absolutely. 
So I, I, I you know, when, when I talk about the, the, the indicators, that's probably what I'm using most. Um, but there's so much more on TrendSpider that you could use. Um, and there's so much more out there. But I also abide by the fact that um, too much information clouds things. Mm, that's um, true. And so I won't use all of those things to determine a thesis on a stock. Um, like, for instance, if RSI is, is at 86 and it's overbought, but the stock has confirmation and the Bollinger Band's just cinched up and it's up above, I'd probably ignore the RSI at that point. So, you know, you, you've kind of got to pick and choose which ones you want to listen to, per se. Right. So hopefully Absolutely. that explains the, the indicators that I used. Oh, I, it was a very good explanation. I particularly like the stuff about the Boilinger Bands. Now, what would you say about maybe something a little bit more unconventional? Uh, for example, I've I've been known to use Elliott Wave Theory here and there. And also, I know a lot of people now uh, find the, uh, what's it called, DMARC is quite popular. I don't know if you've yeah. heard about that. Any, any thoughts on those? I don't know that stuff. And again, I kind of tell people I'm the dumb investor. I'm the dumb trader. Um, I don't like even cup and cup and handle patterns. Mm -hmm. I don't like looking for that stuff on, on charts. Um, right. it's not that to say that it doesn't work because, um, I, the wave theory stuff, um, the, that, that stuff has become super popular and it's super, uh, I mean, it's been proven out that it works. People mm -hmm. who follow that stuff can make it work. I'm just a dumb guy who, you know, can like I said, I got some type of Rain Man ability to look at the chart. Um, <laughs> I want to know the trend of the chart, and then I want to know the uh, fundamentals of that company, and then I want to know, um, you know, do I have a position in it? Should I put it in a retirement? Should I hold it for a long time? Should I hold it for a short time? Um, I always tell people whenever I get into a trade, I know the exact upside of when I'm going to sell it, and I know the downside of when I'm going to uh, sell it. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got to identify those two things as well. Um, a good a good example is Target. I got into Target, I think, in May of 2020 at 111. And that stock, I think, ran up to almost $300. Um, and then they had some political drama and they had some inventory problems and some fundamental problems. My ass held on to that thing all the way back down to 111. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't sold it. Uh, I, I still... It was one of those stocks that I shop at Target. I like Target. Um, that was one of the things that my grandfather taught me at 15 is if you use the product and service, mm -hmm. people more than likely are going to like that product and service. So it's probably a good stock for you to get into. Um, and so, you know, that that's that's one of the things that um, I, I always tell people is uh, you, you may ask me about a stock and I don't use the product. Like, I, I you know... Here in uh, America, the 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 National Football League, Aaron uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's had a lot of like vaccine um, like drama. I'm familiar, yes. <laughs> yeah, so you know his big thing about reporters is he asks them to to identify their um their uh their vaccination status because he <laughs> thinks the vaccine clouds their judgment. Well, I'm twice vaccinated, Moderna, not Pfizer, and and I think three times boosted. Uh, I'm not getting boosted again, but um, you know, that, that I, I won't buy Pfizer because, you know, my parents had Pfizer and they got COVID before me. I had the Moderna shot and I didn't get COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, I've since had COVID since I stopped getting the booster, but that's one of the things that, that you got to kind of think about too. I have an is sitting here. I have an iPad pro next to me. I have an Apple watch on, I have an iPhone, I have an iMac and I have a MacBook pro. Mm -hmm. Why would I not buy? And you've got AirPods in your ear. Why would I not buy Apple? You know, mm -hmm. that that's when you think about stocks and think about doing stuff, the beginners don't think about this stuff. They're thinking, oh my God, that um, uh, there, there's this EV stock, um, that Fisker, that somebody liked. Oh my God, I got to get into Fisker. That car looks so cool. Well, the car's not, you know, the car may be cool, but they're not selling any cars. And that's the problem is they're not making money. So mm -hmm. you've got to kind of, Think about these things. And have you seen a Fisker on the road? No, I just saw a commercial. That was literally right. a discussion that I had with somebody. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, good, good point. Yeah, the, the old Warren Buffett kind of wisdom. No, if you 
if you know the you know buy coke because i i like coke no? that was kind of kind of his thing for the record these are beats but i am using a, a macbook right now yeah you and, suck and... airpods man get <laughs> those airpods <laughs> well but they own beats don't they do they i think oh. they own beats yeah they do own beats they bought they bought beats from dr dre for like a billion dollars or something oh well there you go probably Probably a good investment there. <laughs> All right, Gary. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and uh, do the podcast. You know, I really enjoyed all your comments. Uh, you gave us a lot of a lot of good information on technical analysis, different tools. You even gave us a lot of great names and examples. I always like when guests do that. Where can we send people on the internet to uh, to find you? Uh, my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Daily Stock Pick. Uh, that has all the links, so you'll be able to find the podcast, the YouTube. Uh, I got a private Facebook group. None of this stuff costs money, so I even do – my newsletter is perfectly 100% free except for the weekends where I write um, more educational stuff, um, Where and that's what's charged. So if you like what you read during the week and stuff, then you subscribe. Um, and the link tree has all of the links to everything. You can join me on YouTube live, usually between eight 30 and nine o'clock every morning that the market's open. Um, and that's where I record the podcast. If you don't have time to join live, um, obviously you can, I do an edited version of the YouTube, um, the, the podcast on YouTube and mm -hmm. the uh, podcast that's actually on Spotify. It's all the edited stuff. So it's a little condensed down because a lot of people jump on YouTube I get people jumping on there and they're the, you know, they, they throw stocks out in the chat and I'm, I get distracted. I'm like an ADHD guy and it's like squirrel. And James, I hope I didn't talk too much. Um, oh no, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's why you're here, right? This is the premise of the podcast is, uh, you know, getting, getting to know what the secret source of other people's, uh, investment methods. And I, I think we achieved that today, at least to an extent. Good, good, good. No, I'm, I'm happy. And, and hopefully your, your, your folks will join me a little bit. And uh, hopefully I'm going to post this in my stuff. So hopefully my folks get to know your stuff as well. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Gary. And um, you know, look forward to doing this again sometime. Thanks, James. Anytime. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.